0: Good morning. You like these decorations? You can always tell a worship night is coming because there's uh, decorations that appeared uh, thanks to Jackie and those who are helping her. Really appreciate that. I hope you're coming tonight. This is going to be really a great evening. We start at 6, is that right? 6 o'clock on the hour. Tonight would be, actually, it would be worth just coming you hear the men sing "Amazing Grace." Amazing Grace, my chains are gone. Uh, there's we have this ar- arrangement of the men of Celebration Singers singing that is just phenomenal. Don't you think so, Paul? I think so. Yeah. I mean, it's, it it is great as a solo at the beginning by by Pear Jones, and um, I'm just really excited about. It. But it's a time tonight to 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 sing together to pray, to pray for each other, to pray for our community, and this is a service that has been crafted and uh, prayed over to encourage you and to lead us into what God has for us next, um, individually and also corporately. So come tonight, six o'clock, it's gonna be fantastic. So today we are continuing our our series and uh, we consider the story of the 12 spies of Israel Here's the setting. Moses has, with, with God's help, of course, Moses has done the impossible. He freed the Hebrew people from Egypt, something, by the way, Spider-Man could never have done. No way. <laughs> Numbers, the book of Numbers, at the very beginning, chapter one, tells us specifically how many Israelites there were 603,550 men, ages 20 and up. So that's just the men ages 20 over 600,000. Of course, this suggests that there must have been well over a million in all with the women and the children and everyone. This is one of the reasons. The book is entitled Numbers because the first several chapters uh, are taken up with lots of statistics and counting the people, censuses. But note the sheer size of the nation of Israel coming out of Egypt. This is a lot of people. Huge group. So Moses and his brother Aaron are leading Israel through the wilderness, and God told Moses to send some spies into the land of Canaan, the land he has promised to give them. And he specifies send one leader from each of the 12 tribes of Israel. So Moses chose 12 men and told them go north into the land and see what it's like. What are the people like who live there? Are there many or are there few? Are they strong or are they weak? What's the land like? Is it a pleasant land or is it harsh? Do the people live in fortresses or do they live in unprotected villages? Is the, and the soil, is the soil fertile or is it like hard pan? And what's the vegetation like that's growing there? Are there trees or is it like just a desert like where we are right now? Try to bring back a sample of something that grows there. It's grape season. Maybe bring some grapes. So off they went. Twelve spies, including two named Joshua and Caleb. So they scouted out the land all the way from the wilderness of Zin, uh, which is near present-day uh, the present-day border between Egypt and Israel. So if you can if you can picture that part of the world, you know the, the Mediterranean the lower right-hand corner, where um, there's Egypt um, on the north coast of. Africa, the continent of Africa, and then it goes over to the right, and, and that there's a there's a border between Israel and Egypt, present day. So this is about where they are, and they go all the way up through Canaan. So this is up the um, up the coastline. There's a mountain range, and they're going up through the coastline into present day Israel, through present day Israel, all the way up to Hamath and um, this took them north of present-day Israel into what we would now call Lebanon and Syria, so up near Damascus and up where Beirut, uh, Lebanon is. So they visited, or they spied, places like Hebron, Jericho, Jerusalem, Shechem, the Galilee, Dan, Mount Tabor, these are all places that they saw. These are actually all places um, that I had the honor of visiting in 2006. I went on a fantastic trip to Israel for uh, five days. It was was advertised as a walk where Jesus walked. It was only five days. We ran where Jesus (laughs) walked. But it was amazing to go. And I can tell you that what the spies said to Moses is absolutely true. It's a beautiful place. It really is. It's green, fertile. It's able to grow amazing crops. And they brought with them when they came back a huge cluster of grapes that, you know, it took two people to carry it. It was so big. And so the words they used to describe the promised land, you've already heard them this morning. These words are lovely words. It's a land flowing with milk and honey, meaning it's a great place to raise animals that give milk. And it's a great place to actually grow fruit, like figs. Uh, the early Israelis didn't necessarily get their honey from bees. They got it from the syrup of fruit, like figs. So a great place to grow animals, a great place to grow fruit. And, but it's a rich image, a land flowing with milk and honey. It's a place you would want to live not unlike eastern Washington. I'll never forget waking up my first morning in Israel. We had traveled all night. We drove in the it, it, in the dark, and the, the, our bus driver said, yeah, we're going down to the Galilee. And I remember thinking, wow, here they call it the Galilee, not just Galilee. That's different. So I imagine we were you know, getting near the, near the lake, or what they call in scripture, the Sea of Galilee, but it was all dark, you couldn't see anything. So we went to bed, really tired, you know, hadn't you travel halfway across the world, you're in a different time zone, and we had been up for a long, long time, so we went to sleep, woke up the next morning, opened the windows to, uh, we were staying in a kibbutz right on the shore of the Galilee, and I opened the windows, and I looked out, and I thought, Lake Chelan, (laughs) really, it just looked just like Lake Chelan. (laughs) That's a beautiful place. I mean, do we not love Lake Chelan? I mean, it's such a great place. And, but it is a very, very nice place. So they came back and they said, we have been to this beautiful place. It's a land flowing with milk and honey. It's beautiful. It grows wonderful things. It's fantastic. And then there were other voices. were heard and they broke the spell created by the picture of milk and honey the other voices said but there's a problem the people who live there are fierce their cities are huge their walls are high not only that but some of them are giants descendants of Anak, a name that was feared among the Israelites. Anak and the Nephilim were dangerous giants that had wreaked havoc among their patriarch, their father. So you could hear in the group, the mumbling and the murmuring started as this word began to spread through the people. Giants, there are giants in the land. Oh no! Giants. Giants in the land. You know this kind of talk. I think of a related phrase. Lions and tigers and bears. Yeah, oh my. And what's behind the breath that drives those words? Oh my. If not abject fear. Giants in the land then Caleb stood up and said, hey, let's go up and take that land. We can do it. He's looking out on 603,000 men. We can do this. And they're all murmuring to each other, no, no. There's other spies And all of them, except Joshua, all of them spread this rumor among the people and said, we can't do it. They are stronger than we are. It's a land that swallows people whole. Everybody we saw was huge. (laughs) Which, by the way, is not true. Compared to them, we're like grasshoppers. Insects. And they will crush us. And so the fear did what fear often does. It spread like a cancer, and the people rebelled. And this is the worst kind of rebellion. You know, one driven by and fueled by misinformation and fear. Fear and rebellion are a deadly combination. So, this brings us to our text for this morning. The people are, are in full scale revolt. Moses and Aaron are face down in the dirt. They're, they're either praying or, or they're in protest to the people. People who are saying things like, We'd rather be dead than in this predicament. A little drama here. <laughs> We'd rather, we, we need a new leader to take us back to Egypt. Rather be back in slavery. Than in this terrifying situation. And we can look at them and we can say, you know, how silly. Of course, we know the rest of the story. We know that there is over 600,000 of them. We know they eventually took the land. But it also illustrates, I think, what fear does. Fear paralyzes and blinds. It's an awful combination to be paralyzed and blind. So two men, two of the 12 spies stood up. They tore their clothes, which is a sign of great pain um, among the Israelis. They've been this uh, ancient practice. They still do it at funerals, they tear their lapel. They tore their clothes. And then they quieted the people and they said, the land we walked through and scouted out is a very good land, a very good indeed. If God is pleased with us, he will lead us into this land, a land that flows, as they say, with milk and honey. He'll give it to us. Just don't rebel against God. Don't be afraid of these people. Why, we'll have them for lunch. <laughs> they have no protection and god is on our side don't be afraid of them and how did the people respond they tried to stone them picked up rocks to kill them and it was only because at that very moment the glory of god showed up <laughs> in the holy tent of meeting glory of god came and they stopped throwing rocks at Joshua and Caleb. And then the text goes on to tell us of a conversation between Moses and God where Moses intercedes and he convinces the Lord to spare the lives of the people. God is very frustrated with the people. Moses says, no, don't don't wipe them out. And God finally agrees, but but still prevents the 10 fearful spies from entering the land. But he rewards Caleb and, and Joshua. They live on, and their descendants enjoy a good inheritance. Caleb's family received the good land around Hebron, which was, was where the grapes came from. <laughs> and of course, Joshua became the leader of Israel upon Moses' death, and he, he led them into the promised land. So it's the story of fear versus faith fear versus faith fear blinds and paralyzes and imagines giants in the land but faith faith inspires giant steps i've been thinking about this lately in fact, I've been, I've been looking at you, looking at me, myself, in the mirror. This community we're all a part of, called Mountain View. Mountain View. I always think of Psalm 121 when I pause to think about us lift my eyes to the mountains. View the mountains. What do I see? What do I see in those mountains? Giants? Obstacles? Things to be feared? You know, when you travel through Canaan... This is actually where, where the giants hid, it was in the mountains, ready to attack. In the mountains, there's valleys and, and gullies where people could hide. And if you were on your way up to Jerusalem, you might get attacked by somebody who is hiding in the mountains. I lift my eyes to the mountains. Where's my help going to come from? You look at the mountains and this question comes, who's going to save me from the giants? And the, and the psalm answers the question, my help comes from the God who made the mountains. He's always awake. He never sleeps. He will guard you during the day. The sun will not burn you. And at night, the moon won't turn you into a phobic, fearful lunatic. That's where the word comes from moonstruck. No. The Lord will guard your life. The Lord will. So have faith, not fear. Don't fear the giants, take giant steps. So are there giant steps to take? I mean, for us, Mountain View. I think there are. There's a health clinic being built in Senegal. (laughs) Who knew? (laughs) This is a giant step of faith. There's nothing like this happening in Senegal right now. I mean, there's hospitals in the cities, and there's little health huts kind of scattered around, but there is no health clinic that's run as a Christian ministry an evangelist, evangelistic Christian ministry in a heavily Wolof area. There are no Christians near Jagolay. It's a giant step. God is opening the doors. And there are other giant steps. Our presence in this community is a place from which to take giant steps. To minister to the kids and their and the families that go to Cascade Elementary School across the street. To serve the homeless and the lonely in our city. These are giant steps we could be taking to do this more, to serve those who have moved here from other countries, people from Pakistan, people from Mexico, people from other countries, to continue our relationship with those who grieve as we are doing with our grief-share ministry, to reach out to the Tulalip tribe I'm telling you, there's a lot of pain and hurt on the other side of the freeway, folks. To allow our facility here to become a place where youth can gather. To more and more be a beacon of light for the gospel of Jesus Christ on the corner of 51st and 100th in Marysville, right here. We could be taking giant steps from here. These are all steps available for us. How w- will we make them faith filled giant steps rather than fearful baby steps? Or worse, paralyzed, blind, backward steps? One way could be a stick around, to stick around this morning. After worship, we're going to have about a 20-minute meeting right here to hear about what Pastor Dan and Stephanie Clark and I have been working on. We're calling them ACT groups. Mountain View, this is our growing edge. Missional communities coming together to take giant steps. I am so excited about this. I believe it's time for Mountain View to take some giant steps. But we need to be intentional and faithful and courageous. So how about it? Let's do this. I'd love to tell you more about this, and it's going to happen in a little bit right here. In the meantime, let's pray. Father, we're looking to you, the maker of mountains, our creator, our guide, our protector, to lead us forward. Oh God, save us from the sin of selfishness, an obsession with the things that don't really matter. And God, help us to answer the call to participate with you in what you are doing. Father, I thank you for the story of Joshua and Caleb. May we, like them, be looking to the future with clear-eyed, hopeful vision rather than fear. We trust you, O God. And we pray these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. ask the ushers to...